The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Discretion is advised. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Trans Advocate Podcast. My name is Kristen Williams, and I'm Alexis. And I'm still Robin Mack. Yes. You are? Yeah. Still. Yeah. Uh, one, one, is there some sort of question about that? This is the Trans Advocate Podcast. <laughs> well, all it the could way. change as I declare it. Oh, okay. There you go. All true. <laughs> I well, mean, we've had people do that. Well, this still <laughs> works know. for me. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you've been Robin Mack for much longer than some people Quite, keep the names they are. Yeah, about 34 years. Well, and so what, what's your um, your stage name? Clint Torres. Clint Torres. <laughs> That's and awesome. I, I usually have Kuma right behind me going, get it? <laughs> And, and the fact that Kuma feels like it, <laughs> the fact that Kuma feels like it needs to be mentioned is worrying me. <laughs> if you don't it get now. it, it he won't help. It. Yeah. You know, it was like the little bit of explaining to people that this is hand sanitizer. Ooh, yeah. Everyone wanted me to go on. I'm like, oh no, they will figure it out eventually. <laughs> and it, just as an aside, uh-huh. do the gender men still do things? You know, we've taken a pause because we were working on the gender book, and then right, right. Puma and Jay got really excited about creating Gender Real Houston, and oh, that yeah. has taken mm-hmm. some time. I think they thought that film would be a little less uh, time-consuming. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> wrong again! <laughs> and it's not! But um, the neat thing about their next show that they're designing in March uh, for Gender Real is that it has a show component, so we'll probably bring some of the genderman stuff back. Oh, wow. So you do live performance, live gender expression. Wait, wait. Did we and just then get an you exclusive do film? that's never been mentioned before? Ooh. The gender men may that be doing something? Leaky. That was kind of leaky. That was kind of leaky. That was leaky. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't mention it. Juicy. Yeah. Yeah. So... So uh, we're looking at what we might want to prepare next. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in today's show, we are going to review some of the anti-trans rape apologists making headlines this week, plus some news affecting our community. But before we do any of that, we're going to have Gwen Smith's Gender Nation. Gender Nation is a bi-weekly trans advocate column by the founder of the Transgender Day of Remembrance, Gwendolyn Ann Smith. Justice served for Davia Spain. San Francisco will not be filing charges against Davia Spain, a trans woman who was arrested on the 19th of January for domestic violence, battery and burglary. The case led to an online petition signed by nearly 2,000 people calling for her release, as well as a gathering at San Francisco's Hall of Justice on Bryant Street, demanding her release. Spain is a 23-year-old filmmaker and performance artist who works at the San Francisco LGBT Centre as part of their trans employment programme. She is a native of the Bay Area and has been involved in the local community for some time. The San Francisco LGBT Centre issued a statement of support for Spain, saying Davia Spain is a valued employee of the centre. We know that people of colour and trans folks are often targeted for violence in prisons and the criminal justice system. They further urged people to sign the petition demanding her release. Friends of Spain say that she was not the aggressor and was defending herself during a confrontation over an alleged sexual assault against Spain. Witnesses on scene gave conflicting reports to police and both Spain and the unidentified victim had minor injuries. After her arrest, Spain was placed in a holding area for men but was moved to an area specifically for transgender women. 
This is a common issue for incarcerated trans women and often a situation that leads to unsafe conditions for transgender people held behind bars. It is also common for transgender prisoners, particularly trans women of colour, to be assaulted in prison. In a joint report from the Task Force and the National Centre for Transgender Equality, titled Injustice at Every Turn, it was noted that 38% of black trans women faced sexual assault while in jail. Denial of healthcare also figured high, with 16% being regularly denied such care. Issues surrounding transgender incarceration are heating up too, with struggles brewing over religious and moral objections to transgender women in women's prisons. After a preliminary investigation, San Francisco public defender Jess Adachi was confident that the case was one of self-defense, and the district attorney's office was inclined to agree. Alex Bastian, speaking for the district attorney's office, stated, quote, We make charging decisions based on the law, and this case will not be charged. So, yeah, what, well, some things happened over the weekend. If you hadn't heard, there was a government shutdown. Or maybe a lot of things didn't happen over the weekend, depending on what <laughs> you know, and, and the government were. shutdown, I understand, was uh, about DACA. Maybe. Yeah. It was about a lot of things. Well, ostensibly, yeah. it was supposed to be about DACA. And I know our community has some issues with DACA, especially whenever we are incarcerated and get to ICE. So, and, and you know, through our work with the Trans Center, I know I personally uh, work with uh, people who are trans who would be great DACA uh, candidates who had come here as children who were trans and who were picked up by ICE and unfortunately went through hell in ICE detention. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. So, so let's mention a couple of things about DACA. I mean, we use, we use ICE, we use DACA, we use, I can't remember the name for the uh, young children. Like the, Dreamers? The Dreamers. Dreamers, yes. Mm -hmm. but, but then there's also like the, the insurance for young under... Privileged children that uh, did chip. go through chip. chips. Chips, thank you. Yep. The I, I was like, it's another C, yes. D, whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and those sorts of things. The, the, I think the big question with DACA, DACA basically, if I'm not wrong, says that if you came to this country when you were young, and generally your parents brought you, but there's other ways you could have gotten here. That if you sign up with us and sort of keep your nose clean, don't commit any crimes and all like that, right, right. we just won't deport you. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to check in with us and we have to know that you're a good person living here because honestly, you can't blame the kids for getting here when they were underage and, and those sorts of things. So, Well, I don't do know. So, the ads that I saw that was going after DACA kids showed MS-13 gang members you know, but you know they couldn't have been MS thirteen gang members when they arrived because they were too young usually. <laughs> and the thing about it is, let's say that someone is an MS thirteen gang member and has never committed a crime. Um, um. <laughs> you know, because the thing about DACA is they monitor, they check your criminal history, right. they check everything else. I guess and, if you show up with a court with MS thirteen all over your face, they'd be like. Wait a second. Yeah, and, but, but Are if you they telling checked us and you've never done anything wrong, even though you have tattoos, <laughs> I it doesn't fit terribly well with what they're claiming, <laughs> let's put it that way. But but then there's another group of people that are exactly the same except for one little thing. And that is there's certain people who decided not to register for DACA mm, because mm -hmm. they didn't trust the government. 
Pretty bright people, <gasps> apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> you know, perceptive, etc. There are those people? Well, yes, there and, are. And two, I understand that it costs something like 500 bucks to... Yeah, to... but most of them it was because they didn't trust the government. Yeah, well, from you know... what I've seen. So, so now you have the group that registered who are being targeted because they did what they were promised. And the government is doing what they promised not to do based on the promise they made to them, which to me sounds like a contract well, issue. But uh, then you also have same people that if they'd registered would be on the DACA list, but they, for one reason or another, didn't register. So there, there's that, that whole childhood immigration thing. Well, but so the Republicans in Congress, so the story that I'm hearing is that the Republicans in Congress said that, okay, okay, oh, by Jan by January, we're definitely going to do this DACA thing. We're working. We're having after hours meetings. We're doing all kinds sure. of things. Sure, it's all going to happen. Promise. It's it's in the wings. We're going to work on it, and it just never happened. And so apparently, part of the issue is that Paul Ryan will not bring anything to vote because. Uh, he has to ensure that his people will will vote to pass it before he brings well, it forward. Well, it's interesting because mm. that's coming out of the Senate. But up until this point, Mitch McConnell's the one who says, well, if I don't know what the president wants, I'm not going to bring it to a vote. Well, I heard so, that. So apparently that's part of the reason why the, <laughs> the, the shutdown came to an end was that... Uh, Supposedly, the big concession is that by February 8th, they're going to have an up or down vote. 51 members, it passes. That it's not going to be filibustered or anything. That this is really going to happen this time. Mm -hmm. Promising you mm -hmm. this time, it's going to really happen. Mm -mm. And so, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Let's <laughs> listen this government shutdown. And the Democrats went, yep, okay. And... The Democrats have never been good at public spin. A lot spin. of things. <laughs> and they were losing the spin race. <laughs> I mean, the other side was bullshit, but they were definitely winning it. Well, and I heard there also may be some lawsuits coming out of all this, because if you were to have called the White House during any of the time that they should have been off, there was a voicemail that said oh, yes. they were closed <laughs> due to what the Democrats did, and they're keeping funds away from your soldiers. <laughs> now, no, look, you know, and the they're soldier like, are they things, actually able to slam Democrats while the, they're off? Well, there was, there was a bill to fund the military mm -hmm. through the shutdown, but Republicans wouldn't take that up. And I mean, in case you're wondering, like, well, just how many GLBT people would this really affect? DACA uh, would, would, it would may, uh, there's a Williams Institute report that suggests that it might be 36,000 GLBT people that would be affected by DACA. So the Williams Institute, as I understand, that's uh, 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 California uh, Law Institute, something associated with Berkeley. Um, their numbers, uh, so something like 36,000 queer people um, may be enrolled in DACA. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just thinking if they is... all paid $500, that's one hell of a fundraiser if we're just well, talking off of the queers. Yeah, but, but what I was about to say is I don't care about any of the rest of it. It's like you're in this country, you're working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've been in the military a lot of time. Yeah. You have yep. no crimes of any sort. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you've done nothing wrong. Your parents brought you or someone else 
Or maybe you wandered across the border as a little tiny kid. There's a few people who just floated <laughs> across the Rio Grande and were taken up and put in foster care and like that. I mean, there's all sorts of ways you got here, but you got here as a kid. It's not as right, if we yes. don't have and, other problems to focus on. The rest, I honestly don't care about. It's like, what's wrong with people wanting to get rid of good people? But that's people? the thing. Everyone supports DACA. Most Republicans, 60-something percent of Republicans, registered Republicans, support DACA. Like almost all Democrats support DACA. DACA, there's just but absolute agreement on DACA. Have you heard the word gerrymander? Well, this, <laughs> and, and that is exactly why I don't think that it's coming to a vote because the Freedom Caucus, the, 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 the people who run on, you know, this white ethnocentric mm-hmm. kind of, we, we have to protect our nation. Oh. You know, our white nation. They always nation. talk like that. Yeah. Well, right. I want to read to you a couple of other points. So in 2017, uh, Professor Tom Wong of the University of California did a survey, a DACA survey, and found that 94.5% of LGBT DACA recipients are currently employed compared to the 55.8% who were employed before they were on DACA. Again, DACA seems like a good thing. Well, well, let's pause for a second. You know why that is? They have documentation. Absolutely. You, you cannot legally be employed if you don't have documentation. You give them documentation, and guess what? They get to actually work. Uh-huh. But but for queer people, you know, employment has always been, historically been, a big issue. And the fact that DACA is key to employment, key to moving forward in life, it's, it seems like a no-brainer. You want people employed. You want people to be productive members of society. Well, well, this is where one of the things that I keep hearing on some of the extreme right-wing talk radio, and they're like, well, we need them to pay taxes. They pay they taxes. They pay taxes. What they don't get if they aren't on DACA and like that is benefits from those right, taxes. Right, exactly. And, and I'm like, I'm really glad that you want them some way or other documented so that they can actually get the benefits they paid for. <laughs> Well, and uh, let's see, 60% of LGBT people surveyed uh, by the Mexican government reported having known a queer person who was murdered within the last three years of the survey. And I think that really speaks to some of the trends that we saw in TDOR, you know, especially in Brazil. Mm-hmm. But certainly you were talking about in Mexico, you had noticed in, a in, steep increase. In Mexico, they've gone up a lot. And in the U.S., there is pretty good indication that quite a few of the people that we talked about in TDOR and the people that have been killed since then have been targeted. Mm-hmm. I mean, targeted murders are drastically different than something that just went wrong somewhere. Right, right. And, and you know, this is, I usually say, you know, we're being hunted because that's what that is. Well, and I think well, we're going to touch on that. Well, the way the murders happen, that's very clear. Yeah, I, we're, I think we're going to touch on that later um, in a report uh, out on hate crimes in the U.S. targeting queer members of uh, our community. And, and you know, the, the biggest thing about a lot of this is that the whole immigration situation is you pass laws that are ridiculous. And, you know, you do it because there's some people that know nothing about immigration, usually states that don't border the areas that you're concerned <laughs> about. And then you blame people because... They haven't done what the laws keep them from doing. You know, for instance, you hear all the time, well, why don't they just go get citizenship? There is no way if you're on DACA. There is no No. path to citizenship. (coughs) If if they want citizenship, they have to leave the country, 
hope they can get a waiver because they've been in the country illegally, uh-huh. mm-hmm. which they have, and then they hope they can get back in to be with their families. It frequently will take them years to do that. I saw, and and once you get here, you know, it takes more than a decade just to get your citizenship. If if, you are allowed if you to. can. <laughs> well, and some of it's a lottery system, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. even even if you're an outstanding citizen and you're on a work visa working for this amazing corporation, you know, it's some of it's just the mere chance of a lottery. I mean, people can't even really explain the process. So, I don't think the general public that's not in the process can really even understand. And let's let's be honest. A lot of the people who are against DACA, DACA it's simple xenophobia. Mm-hmm. That that's really what it is. It's it's the same stuff that it's it's the the same stuff that's always focused on us as a community oh those people over there you know how they are and the the interesting thing about it is that if you look at the areas where there are concentrations of people who are here who have signed up for daca and who would have signed up for daca if they trusted the government etc you don't get those attitudes nearly as much right hmm. you know there are always people who are against them whoever them are and and you know i mean i I know people whose opinion is that we should not allow people with red hair and i really do know people Um, with that now that there's somebody here that would probably irish scottish people you know how they are money to have red hair (laughs) exactly completely against that and and, you know it's the whole bit and and some they're... people are wacky. They don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> well, some exactly. people, a lot of, <laughs> I, I meet a lot of those people. <laughs> and and it, it, I always find it interesting if you can get them to actually start talking to you. <laughs> because they have no depth in their convictions. And, and you ask a few questions and then mention some things. And, and you know, in, in my case especially, you know, if they haven't figured out what or who or whatever i am uh-huh. frequently i'll be like well but but we're having a really good conversation and i'm, I'm sort of trans like, <laughs> and they're like you're what <laughs> and i'm like yeah and i'm the confusing kind i'm gender fluid <laughs> but, that, but that never happens they just look puzzled and they're like well but you're okay right and like, right and i'm like yeah i'm like you really don't know that you're just guessing because you've met me but you know there people are more okay than me that i know that you probably right. would say you know and it, it's always funny because when when they have to actually see someone or address it or see a face or something like that suddenly it's a different thing well, you don't look like that horrible shadow that's been advertised for the bathroom. Oh, oh or, yes, yes. Or you don't but, come off as like the super creeper that like makes you feel really bad about yourself that they've heard <laughs> about in churches. So, of course, you can't be that exactly. And, and, and Speaking of politics, here in Texas, there's a couple of dates that I want to make you aware of because they are coming up. Okay, so if you want to um, register at, to vote in the Texas primaries... In, on March 6th, you need to be registered by February 5th. So that date is coming up really quick. And so please, if you, if you want to, there are so many people to choose from in the primaries. We need people who are part of this community there to help figure out who needs to run. And it's going to take you some time to figure out. And we have really great people that are really out to support our rights, that are really out to make a, a difference with, you know, people who are backing them, who have great plans. So, 
I think my new line is like, friends don't let friends not vote. Right. You know? Ooh, I, I like mean, that one. I haven't yeah. heard that before. I totally made it up. Friends <laughs> don't let friends okay, cool. not All vote. Right. Trademark. No, yeah. Bam. bam. I, I, you know, I, think, I think you better get you it heard on it first. Facebook before I do. I'm so crap. leaky today. <laughs> I yeah. will steal it. Just so you know. I'm I, leaking everything. You know how fast I type on Make it a button. Phone, so, yeah. you know, if Robin's whipping it out on her phone right now. <laughs> and, you know, she's faster than me. <sighs> but, but you know, one, one of the big things, and, and I seriously mean this, uh, usually after every election, when somebody starts complaining about something or other, which they do, I'm like, did you vote? <laughs> and when it, they say no, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. Just shut up. I'm not it, interested. It took everything I had not to research who in my circle voted and didn't vote. Like and I was way, after, uh, afterwards, I just I just made up that like I didn't want to hate them that much, you know. Like yeah. I still want to love the people regardless of I politics. Mean, oh, I mean, every I still love them. I just want to know what their problem is. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, every time I hear some, oh, I didn't vote. I think what was more important than that queer kid who is going to school and is facing discrimination right now? What What was more important than that? And you know, we've talked about DACA. Do you want DACA? We may not be done with DACA by the time the next Congress comes in. And we talked about um, trans health. You know, last week Trump was talking about it. he's going to protect the rights of people's beliefs that if they don't want to operate on you and you're transgender, then they don't have to. So, I mean, do you have time for that? Yeah. Well, and, and, and I'm hoping they make it generic. And I think they actually will make it generic because it can't pass the muster of the courts if they don't. But if they make it generic that... You know, you don't have to do anything that your sincerely held religious beliefs would guide you not to. I'm going to start organizing people to not bother to do cancer treatments and work on the extreme right because we need to just let them go away. Well, it's like they've part been doing of with us. Our, you know, sincerely Sincere held beliefs. beliefs, and it is my sincerely held belief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and, and I'm so, working on developing cleanly <laughs> so that I can stay it. So, um, you know, the runoff, the primary runoffs, it will be 522. And if you want to be able to register, if you want to be able to vote in the runoffs, because I am sure there will be runoffs, you need to be registered by 423. And if you're the person that says, gosh, you know, I don't bother with this because my vote doesn't count. We've had several elections this year that have been won by one vote. And you want your vote to count? Vote in the runoffs. Not many people will. Please do. And it's like what um, Mayor Anise Parker said. It was like politicians can either make your life a living hell or they can make your life worth living. Yeah. And let me just splice that little piece of a speech in here because it's just beautiful. Uh, But... I do think it is also important to acknowledge, and we've touched on it a little bit, that elections matter. Politics can improve your life or can really screw it over. So, uh, we have candidates in the room. Please stand up. for you, for anything. Yeah. But 
again, it is important. There is a there's a bond election on Tuesday. I'm not running for anything this this uh, November, but there's a bond election on Tuesday. It's very important for the city of Houston and the candidates that we acknowledge tonight. They're our candidates. They need our full support in their campaigns. It's great to have allies, but we must speak for ourselves. Thank you. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> She's awesome. Well, I mean, she and, is awesome. And, and people from all over the state have called talking about the set of speeches that we had at the Unity Banquet, <laughs> and they weren't planned. None of the ones they're talking about were our planned speeches. I love and, how and they we were filmed it. Excellent speeches. And, and, and that's that's what we tend to get. Those, those are the better things that we tend to get. I mean, some of, some of the ones are great, but but they were just excellent speeches. Well, so if you want to learn how to register in your state, you can go to the Trans Advocate and there on the top of the menu under resources is register to vote. And down on the right hand side of the page, about halfway down the page, you will see a link that also says register to vote. Just go to that page, pick your state, and states who have online registration will take you through that process. And if your state does not, it will take you through the process of actually figuring out how to get you uh, uh, registered and help you through that process. So please do that. Please vote. But registering to vote is one little tiny step. You really only have to do it once in most states. Huh. And they'll keep sending you another card saying, guys, you voted, etc. You can register all you want. We can have millions of people registered. If nobody goes to the polls and actually votes, which right. has happened. Right. Well, Put the voting year, times th in your calendar and make it happen. Then all of that is just for nothing. Right. I mean... And it most places, <laughs> it's easy to vote even though there's lots of people out there trying to discourage you. Now, my opinion is that because people are trying to suppress your vote and trying to keep you from voting, that's why you should vote. It, it's like, so you're going to give in to the bully who says, well, if you show up, I might stare at you. Who cares? Right. <laughs> I mean, Take a friend with you so that they, you, you two can stare back. I mean, it could be fun. You can go out to eat, you know, and then, and then vote afterwards. Just take your friends. But the, the oh, honest, make it the a honest community th event. And, and I've hardly ever had to wait in line because so many people don't vote. Like, I've never, it's oh, been less than 15 minutes for me every single time. I, I go on the first day of early voting here in Texas. Yeah. And I've always waited hours, but I like it because I get to see lots of people. Oh, yeah. I get to check the process. It's almost like a party happening. Well, if you're in Houston, go to the West Gray location because yep. they're always mm. fun. And you will have no problems. Yeah. And, and again, if you have problems, pick a candidate that you're really enthusiastic about and you were voting for and go tell them. I tried to vote for you, and they wouldn't let me. Well, the majority of the time I go, I see the uh, GLBT political caucus out there, and they're handing out the vote the card, and they're high-fiving you, and they might have donuts. I mean, it's like, it's fun. It's just yeah. fun. And I do want to say, hey, if you have not heard our last podcast that turned into basically a beautiful, comical civics lesson Go listen to it. It's excellent. It, it tells wasn't you. planned. We just got rolling. Yeah, it, it just called, tells uh, you what, what to do what if you get called? there and Resist? they don't want to let you. Yeah, it's it's if you want to if you're committed to resisting, this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the cool part is the law is on your side, right? How, how what to do when you get there and they say, "Oh no, you can't vote." You know, it's it's what to do about all the things that are happening to our queer kids. 
to uh, us whenever we are in need of medical care. It's, it's how to fix all of that. And if you want a really good one-on-one on how to confront all of that and to, uh, you know, do something about it, listen to that podcast. That's, it was fucking amazing. And it's not hypothetical. It's all been done. Uh-huh. Yeah, regularly, just saying. So I, I wanted to uh, switch gears and talk a little bit about uh, is specific... this an automatic or a standard transmission? No, it, it's it's standard. Here, let, here, let, let, me, let me put it in you neutral. You have to push through the puddle. Okay, let me put it in reverse. You can hardly get those cards let me, anymore. Let me put it in first. Okay, Some millennials may not know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And I figure that if it's, you know, if the gears happen to be on the column, I'm probably the only one here that's ever known. I, I've Whoa. never, drawn, I've never done a column style. I, I had somebody who would say, well, I'd let you drive it, but, you know, it's on the column and no one knows how to shift. And I'm like, uh, I'm old. I'm really old. I can, I can do it. I have no problem with it. Not a column. I've never done a column. But I, I wanted to talk to you about this Alliance Defending Freedom. I know we've talked about Alliance Defending Freedom. You know, at this point, you should always be suspicious if you hear of a group that has freedom in its name, because they mean the exact opposite. It's like this Orwellian thing that they have going on. No, 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 no. They leave out of work. It's our freedom, not yours. Our freedom to Mm. oppress you. (laughs) I saw this. (laughs) Exactly. I saw this, this perfect, like, political cartoon. It's this queer kid that this group of uh, bigoted uh, religious people are nailing to a cross and he's squirming and they're like, stop oppressing our religious rights. <laughs> you know, that's not actually very funny, but the, the sentiment <laughs> is, is right there. I mean, it's, it's their religious quote, right to oppress specifically queer people. That's generally the only reason they exist nowadays. You know, this goes back to a certain game that Robin and I toured around for a while. I love this game. Everyone take it on, steal it, run with yeah, it. It's a game. Oh, you know, so ba- basically, if you just flat have to have discrimination, uh-huh. well, okay, we can work with that, but mm-hmm. shouldn't we get to pick or randomly choose who gets discriminated against? No, no, that, that's, that's well, not no, the, no, no, the game. Those are yep. not the, the rules that you, they well, want to play by. You get by. the dice, you well, get to roll the well, dice. Well, this is our game, not their game. <laughs> yes. This yeah. is this is us reclaiming their game okay. because every time you want to move something forward, a politician that doesn't want to get on board with you will say, well, oh, I'm sorry, political expedience. Like, we're okay with the gays, but we can't put in the transgender people because you know if we do that, we it'll just hold things up. So political expedience, we're going to have to throw the trans people under the bus again. Okay. And yeah. so we decided to call us the political expedience <clears throat> game. Because we're, wait, wait. we're so this is the political expedience yes, game. Yes, because we're completely fine playing political expedience if for once someone else got a different turn or someone else different got a turn right like yeah. let's make and, it and equal so, you know, they, they want to play it with us on every roll of the dice right <laughs> so we got this die that has like 20 sides literally 20 side dice it's got really good <laughs> it was, yeah it was actually really heavy and, and big and, and so it, it's really simple you mm-hmm. know you roll the die you turn the card over to see who we're going to discriminate against next year yeah oh, so okay. each side and, of the and, die represents a different sort of sector <laughs> yeah. of people like on one side of 
like number one side of the die would be race. Number two would be gender. Number three would be sexuality. Number four well, would be uh, uh, you know. Uh, well, that I wouldn't call that justice. That would technically be equality. You yeah, all have an exactly. equal yeah. chance and of being discriminated point. against. Yeah, instead of <laughs> trans, trans, and trans, trans, flexible. trans. If they don't like the results that they got, because yeah. sometimes they don't. Sometimes, sometimes it's us. And we're like, well, well, okay, no, we okay. lost the world. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody really liked the game when they realized that they would actually be included in the chopping oh. block. Well, oh, that's how we feel. Knock it off. And usually the way the game would go is they would roll the die and we're like, now turn it over and see who yep. we're going to discriminate against next year. And they would like, oh, I don't like that. I'm like, you can roll again if you want. We're okay. Yeah, sure. And, and after the second roll, they're like, I don't like this game. I'm like, well, neither do we. Neither do we. want to play it. Yeah. Uh, we play it with our names under each one of these cards. Mm-hmm. That's what we're the, I don't like that game and, and either. And we have a card that says, we know this is what you'd like to play, but that just doesn't look fair. Mm-hmm. So here's the fair card. And we don't even have to explain it. They get it. About the second roll. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. <laughs> it, it certainly works. It, it, it's, it's a great it. teaching tool. Steal <laughs> it, run with it, you go know, and, and play and, it. And, you know, it's just like the colored cards game that I've played for years and years with people when they're like, well, but there's only male and female. And you start out saying, okay, here's the card. We're going to go black and white. Which card is this? And you show them a black card. They put it in the black stack. And then the next card will be white. The next one will be a little grayer. And it'll get grayer and grayer. And then there's a blue card. Well, there's only two stacks. And so they'll pick one, and then there's a yellow card and a green card, and then there's some more gray. And so at the end of it, they're like, let's go back to that only male and female. I'm like, you just told me that blue was black. (laughs) I mean, if there's only two boxes and I have to check one, I have to check one. It's a rule thing. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with whether there's things in between. Oh. And... It's interesting because I've never had anyone argue it after we went through that. Mm-hmm. Or frequently they'll get stuck on the blue and they're like, there's no place for the blue. And I'm like, there's no place for me on your list of male or female either. Wow. So tell us about these freedom protectors. Yeah, they want to protect yeah, the so, black and white yeah, world so only. They're, no they're color. protecting their freedom. Their, their freedom. freedom. Well, actually, it's the freedom of a couple of parents who don't like the idea of cis and trans integration they're like you know those trans kids need to be segregated away from our normal kids and so uh, of course alliance defending freedom is and some place called the thomas moore society have teamed up to go after trans kids you know uh to ensure that trans kids can't use the bathroom you notice they always like to pick on kids. Mm-hmm. Well, that they, they're either theme. picking on kids mm-hmm. or fucking little kids. Which that's I, what it seems to be. I, I happen to think that's picking on kids, too. I think well, the station yes. is picking on yes. kids. Of course. That's uh, because consent's not going to happen there. It can't. It, nope. Well, well there's no available. consent here, either. And, and that's the point. But they don't pick on adults. They don't pick on people that can defend themselves. Mm-hmm. So, basically, they're a b- bunch of wimp bullies. But we seem to be electing those people to office also these days, which, yeah. which is the sad part. That goes back to this voting thing we talked about before. I'll not go exactly. any further. Exactly. And friends don't let friends Again, not vote. These kids can't vote for their rights. They have to rely on their community to support them. If you're not supporting them, you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. When, when we, the Houston GOBT Political Caucus, were starting to get ready to screen for the school board elections here that happened last fall... Uh, frequently in the socializing we do beforehand when there was a news candidate 
we'd have sort of discussions and I would just say, okay, so I have a question, bathrooms. A candidate for school board these days should understand what that means, knowing Absolutely. that I'm transgender. And trust mm-hmm. me, they definitely knew that. A few candidates are like, well, what about them? At which point, they're sort of off of my list. A few candidates had their comments, and they were quite good, and they had thought about it, and they're like, you know, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We're spending a lot of money and a lot of effort. One candidate said, you know, I've seen all this stuff. I knew that was coming up. I honestly have no had no position on it when I started to run for school board. Mm-hmm. So I talked to people, I read the stuff, and then I sat down my three kids who were sort of stair-step but all in school. And I said, so there's this whole thing about transgender people in the restrooms. I need your advice. Oh, interesting. So they asked their kids. They asked their kids. That oh. actually go to school and deal with <laughs> the trans people in the bathrooms. And she said, to begin with, they all even the youngest one who was in first grade have transgender friends in oh, school. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And they all have no problem with it whatsoever. <laughs> mm-hmm. The oldest one said, you know, I just wish the people in Austin would stop bullying my friends because they basically are just trying to get along and get through school and and just be happy, normal kids. And hmm. this is just ridiculous. And they end up in tears and they end up with problems and there's people who bully them because they point out what the people in Austin said. Ooh. The middle one, similar things, not quite as eloquent. The little kid says, why do people like grown-ups in Austin have to pick on all my friends? Hmm. Now, she said at that point, she has no question about the fact that it's not a problem. The problem is being caused by the politicians and the religious right. That The kids see it as a normal thing. They get along just fine, and what we need to do is stop causing them problems. Hmm. And, you know, that's actually one... You just touched on something that some teachers have been talking about. Bullies have been picking up on, like, things that the president has said and using it under the flag of education. You know, this is our president saying these things, saying these things to uh, people... Uh, to target them. And, you know, that's what's happening to our queer kids. Exactly. And, and you know, and my biggest thing is that when this candidate said that she'd sat down and asked her kids, I thought that was really great and very, very, very perceptive. And the kids, she said, it, it was quite clear. This wasn't something they were making up. They just didn't understand why the adults were trying to cause problems for their friends who didn't have a problem and there shouldn't be a problem. Hmm. Well, um, apparently there is a problem because uh, there was a recent poll of uh, hate crimes. Uh, it looks like, uh, let me read you the headline here. Where's this from? Uh, let's see. It is from uh, the National Coalition of Anti-Violence. Uh, let's see that the, the uh, headline is hate related homicides of LGBT people were up 86% from 2016 and political rhetoric is partly to blame says this new report. It says uh, in 2017 with the number reaching 52 up to 86% from 2016 um it's the highest number recorded by the coalition in its 20-year history of tracking hate crimes. It says that uh, predominantly the victims were people of color. That, w- that was 71% of the victims 
of hate crimes, of queer hate crimes. Um, and, uh, you know, the rest of the report is basically the this organization, you know, talking about, you know, things need to change, blah, blah, blah. Of course things need to change. And I think we all feel on a visceral level, if you're a part of the queer community, you on a visceral level feel that the the climate has changed somehow in this past year. I haven't felt and seen violence in the streets and violence against people like this since the 60s. In the 60s, it was based on the Vietnam War, a totally different thing. Mm. And, And I mean, should we have had violence on that rather than discussion? I don't think so. But that that's where it was then. These are not Vietnam War. These are societal and social type issues that are really scary because you can't just say, okay, we're going to stop this war. But and, and, and that's the thing. It seems like all of the, I mean, literally in this past year, we've had Nazis marching in the street without hoods. Their faces proudly shown marching and murdering citizens in the street. And our president comes out and says, you know, there's good people on both sides. Exactly. And then, and I mean, the good people on both sides isn't the worst of it. It was that he didn't denounce even the violence. Well, yeah. You know, I, I mean, that that's the thing. And in fact, during his entire campaign, he offered to pay for people's legal fees oh, yeah. if they committed violence. I mean... I, at the time, felt like that something should have been done because there is a limit to freedom of speech, and one of them is you can't actually try to convince people to do violence. That's one mm-hmm. of the limits. Mm-hmm. And, and he walks all over it all the time. Yeah, and as Logan Pressy, this fake news uh, strategy right out of uh, Nazi Germany, so anytime people question him about that kind it's of stuff. It's all fake news. It's all fake news. No, 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 no. It's not real. It's not real that our country's leadership has emboldened a certain uh, segment of our population. And it's not just the president. I mean, the, the thing about this is that the president is currently sort of like the instigator-in-chief in in my Mm, mind. mm -hmm. But then if we look at just about every state, there is someone in the state who frequently was his major campaign person who's doing the same thing. Dan Patrick was the Mm -hmm. supporter here in Texas, and Dan Patrick is doing the same thing. Now, interestingly enough, as the elections are sort of rolling in, Patrick is sort of hushed. Pretty quiet. He's not doing anything public. He's doing stuff in, like, Republican meetings, but even there... He's backed way off. And I think in Texas, at least, some of the moderate Republicans have decided that keeping their mouth shut just isn't the thing they should do. And these are really powerful people. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick is a powerful person, but there are a lot of other really powerful well, people. Well, you know, our county judge, Judge Emmett, uh, and for people to, that don't understand Texas politician politics, Judge Ed Emmett is probably one of the most powerful politicians in Texas. Came out to speak at our transgender event. He's he's a Republican and one of the most powerful politicians in Texas. And 
I personally, after talking to him there and talking to him a few other times, think he's a good guy. Hmm. I mean, does he 100% go down the progressive path of what we should do legislative-wise? Of course not. He's a Republican. At this point, well, I don't all even I... think we need all that. I mean, he kept I... us afloat, and it would kind of be tacky at this point to just bring up transgender people when we're not even in session. Well, you know? I mean, but the thing is, as long as a, you know, at, at this point, I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Green, whatever. I don't care as long as you aren't actively targeting people like me, the, my friends, my family, the people that I love, my community, and kids in school. As long as you're not doing those things, hey, okay, I, yeah. I, I'm okay with you. Mm-hmm. I, I may disagree mm-hmm. with some of your other policies. That's fine. But, but you know, it, there's a gating issue that says you want to kill me and yeah. people like me. <laughs> I, I, I don't care about the rest of your policies. We're done right there. You want to stone me to death. I, you know, okay. Nope. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's you, a line you, in the you, sand you for me. You will not get my voter support. I don't care about the rest of it. Yep. You know, you can say, well, but I'll give you a million dollars. I don't care. Nope. Because, <laughs> you know, it's not going to do me any good. And, and that's what I think a lot of people miss. And the, the fact, which I've brought up several times, it was in our previous podcast too, is, you know, there's some pretty good Republicans in Texas because they're the ones that stopped all the anti-LGBT laws. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, because they recognize that there's other business to do. You know, like yeah. we have flood control, we have the educational systems, we have foster care. Like, it's not like everything is amazingly well kept and we can just pick on Absolutely. this topic. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. And, and probably if the messes got fixed, People would stop even caring about a lot of the other stuff because Absolutely. they're all false issues. Well, speaking of a mess, uh, I uh, the Rolling Stone put out this really... It, I thought it was a pretty good, very in-depth review. It was really long. Re- <laughs> I was scrolling and scrolling. Really long, yes. But then I thought but, about it. It's been going on for years. But yeah, it, it was like... Oh. Well, and it's the Rolling Stone. I mean, <laughs> yeah. here locally, we used to have Houston Press. They do kind of have like really big pages when <laughs> you're reading You got them. into Houston Press's real articles you were going to read for a while. Yeah. Well, so the point is, it has lots of information, lots of background into how and why this anti-hero uh, Houston Equal Rights Ordinance, anti-Houston Equal Rights Ordinance ball got rolling, how it came together, how their power kind of fomented, how their uh, talking points of no men in women's restrooms, you know, came about. And it's, I thought, some pretty good history, but it really ties into the political movement that we were just talking about, this movement of hate, of xenophobia, of everything. And it seemed like, really, it, it seemed like there was a moment after gay marriage happened that the right wing went, oh, hell, it, it, we need someone new to pick on. Mm-hmm. And... I think that was it. And both sides actually did the same thing. I mean, the left wing, if you will, said, oh, hell, we need someone new to raise funds on. Uh-huh. And and certainly I saw that in the hero fight. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was, yeah. It was everywhere. And what I worry about is that they're supporting each other. And That's a very interesting... 
It's view. a codependency that I keep seeing. Uh, that and, really, and it has gone that way through time. The left activists who are the freedom guys, we have to have equality. Give the right activists something to raise money on, and they give the left ones, and they go through sort of lockstep. You know, it started with like, oh, I don't know, maybe. Italians coming to this country or maybe mm. other immigrants and those sorts of things. And then, of course, we did the blacks with all of the civil rights stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we did the, the gays e in the general. Gays, and the, the ERA. And we did, you know, the women thing. And each group, there's this codependency that seems to get in there. And what it does is let them both raise huge amounts of money. Mm. And I really, really, really feel like that we, we being whoever that means, that are trying to say, you know, I don't care about whether group A has billions of dollars and group B has billions of dollars so that they can pay their executive directors absurd amounts of money. <laughs> I mean, I really don't Ooh. care. I'd pay them the money if we could just say, let's stop screwing with people's equality and rights to do things and that. But that's not whatever happens because you have to have something to get your base riled up. And, and that's what Donald Trump did through his entire campaign. Well, sure. And look, you know, I, I, I think you absolutely hit on something. I think that there is some codependency. The flip side to that is, okay, well, what is the response? Well, that's the interesting thing because I think there is one. We just haven't been using it, which is what leaves me a little bit questioning whether it's a conscious thing or a non-conscious thing. Hmm. I mean, what is the weapon that is being used by the right to do all of this stuff? Money. You got it. Money and publicity, which is the same thing because you can buy publicity yes. with money. Mm -hmm. It's money. Do mm -hmm. we ever go after their money? No, I haven't seen a lawsuit one. Have you seen nope. Stephen Hotze sued for a billion dollars because of, because of what his statements and his activities have done to transgender people? Nope, I haven't nope. seen one. Have you seen any big lawsuits filed against uh, Dan Patrick for some of his statements that are clearly wrong, clearly lies, but clearly pointing at discriminating, causing discrimination against various people? Nope. Nope. Have we seen any of those lawsuits? No. Haven't seen a one. So what the hell was it? But, but that's the thing. A lot of time. Uh, okay. So like in my mind, uh, for instance, the Trans Advocate, very small organization, not a lot of money, doesn't have lawyers. Uh, some of these larger organizations that have millions and millions and millions of dollars that do have lawyers. But what do they target? What do the lawyers spend their time doing? Hmm. I, I guess they... Uh, look at policy. Um, they they file lawsuits against people, but what they're wanting is laws to be passed or reinterpretations of law or the federal court stuff, I guess, so that they can get something in a journal that makes them look good. I don't know what. Hmm. Okay, think about the tobacco stuff. Okay, okay. I mean, years and years and years, there were lots of lawsuits. They were filed over and over and over again because the tobacco industry was misleading the public. Yes, and, and it was. And, and it was actually not and it was for harming a very people. long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, but, but it, it took a bunch of lawsuits. There were several lawsuits. And then all of a sudden, there was an award by a jury. 
once there was an award by the jury, all of a sudden the tobacco industry is in oh shit territory. Oh, and and now Philip Morris is wanting to get out of the tobacco. Of course, all of them are wanting to. They're trying to ship it overseas, etc. <laughs> this took several years, but the key was they didn't sue for anything but money because that's what the tobacco industry ran on. They really didn't care about a lot of the stuff of, oh, you're hurting people. They're like, and we're making a lot of money doing it. And, and, and well, does that and mean I they're s- horrible people? Well, yeah, but we knew that. That's why we're suing them. Huh. So... Uh, so the argument you're making is the political right, their weapon is money. And if you're in a fight for your life, you want to take away their weapon. Yeah. I mean, equate it to gun control. Okay. Everybody's like, well, the weapons that are killing people are guns, so they want to take away the guns. I got that. I disagree with it. I think they should take away the bullets because that's what's actually <laughs> killing people. Now, you know, and, and I have certainly said that because it... it but. That's not the weapon that's being used by the political right. If they were using a club and someone trying to beat a bunch of people to death, what do you want to do? You want to take the club away. Well, well so now how, how does better that... better lawyers. But how does that work nowadays where, when uh, political money is seen as part of free speech? That's fine. Don't forget, there's limits on free speech. There's a lot of things you can't hmm. do. If I come in free speech and and I stand in front of a crowd in Houston, Texas with a whole bunch of really good people and I say, you know, I want to behead all of those GLBT people and I swing a sword around. Not sure that's protected. Well, he didn't he said he didn't say GLBT he said homo fascists. Yes, he did say homo fascist. I couldn't remember the term, it's something I Homo fascist, that was Stephen Hotze. Yeah. Now, you know, if Things happen, and it seems like perhaps they listen to him, then I think that that's something actionable. Are you going to win 100% of the lawsuit? Probably not. We don't win many now. Right. So you file it. I don't know whether anyone's ever been in a lawsuit, but, you know, the fact that you have to be involved in a lawsuit is not the pleasant part of your life. Mm. The other thing about it is you get in a lawsuit of some sort. And, and I mean, I'm not talking about filing lawsuits that are totally frivolous because I think there are connections with the statements people make. Mm-hmm. I think there are connections with the funding that is done for certain groups to go out and make statements. And I think there's a lot of that there. And you get to do uh, subpoenas and depositions. Well, then you find out more information that you don't know. And and I mean, it just, it's just like what's happening in Washington with Mueller, uh, except you do it over time and that. I mean, I, I think right now that, that uh, it's starting to get interesting in the Washington thing. But on our end, I do not remember a single lawsuit where there was a huge amount of money filed or a huge uh, lawsuit filed against a group. Well, and there's if, two groups that are two or three groups <clears throat> running around pushing an agenda. Mm-hmm. They're providing all sorts of stuff. And that agenda and the way it is being used is hurting people. Right. What we don't have is a group of really good lawyers who are saying, you know what? Yes, we're going to get rich if we actually win this. And I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, it, it's like if it it's going to be real the, tough giving it back to all those homeless kids. If, you know, if, if it fixes a huge problem and they get rich, more power to them. I mean, because that, that's what happens. And they're going to spend a lot of money getting it. We don't have that. We have, you know, some reasonable lawyers who will go maybe help with a little lawsuit. We've got ACLU stuff that looks at rights, but they aren't going to push for money or anything. 
I just don't see us actually go going after the problems. Accounts and their pocketbooks, yeah. And you know that I, I saw that on the run up to the hero vote, you had all of these kind of has been people coming out of the woodwork, ex uh, ex uh, Astro Ball players. Uh, that was you know, weird. Phil Robinson, uh, you know, various people coming out to you know like take a stand and you know and all of a sudden they're in the limelight again and on the news and become pundits mm-hmm. for whether or not trans people should be able to function as cis people do and, in society and did you see anybody go on the news with them and that includes the people sitting in this room because we are probably all activists if you, you know this. what so before any of this happened back uh pre-2010 when uh, the U.S. Pastors Council, which is also the Texas Pastors Council, which is also the Houston Pastors Council. Which was, seems to be run by some people we've talked about before. Yes. So, uh, you know, I debated this guy. I was invited by our lo- local Fox affiliate to debate uh, David Welch, the executor of this group, this three groups i don't know which but it's a goddamn hate group is what it is joining us now is dave welch he's the executive director of the houston area pastor council and Kristen williams she is the executive director of the transgender foundation of america and they're against gay people existing as equal citizens in our country that's what they're against that that seems to be their only purpose and so i debated him on this fox news and i was told that Ooh, gosh, we we don't like, you know, I I was, I was too, you know, I was too aggressive. You were too aggressive. I was too aggressive and, uh, you know, I, I, he didn't come off looking as good as he could have. And so, and uh, uh, gender has always been accepted to be what we are born with. Uh, We don't have to have a committee and uh, and a study on what that is. We hold up and say, it's a boy or it's a girl. We can't undefine an institution that has been the foundation of our society over a fraction of 1%. That's that's pretty clear at this point, and we have to defend what marriage is. So your argument is majority rules, and those people who are born this way, they're just out of luck. They never had me back. Oh, mm-hmm. oh! Did they think that you were like a woman that yeah, was going to make him I, I, look good? They, they they thought that I was going to come on and oh. I was going to be kind of the liberal. They didn't explain kind of, this ahead of time. Yeah, huh. but, well, but 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 here's but forget him. I mean, he basically is a professional pundit. That's what that's yes, what David that's Welch that's does. what he, he does. He's a hired gun, and I mean, he's paid by people that basically hide their contributions but but we it's pretty easy to figure out who they are and and not to worry because the republican congress signed put through a bill that was signed by obama to make sure you could never actually find it out with 501c4s but right and and obama did sign it so sorry he's part of the problem with that one but basically i'm not talking about them i'm talking about these former ball players well, what was weird was after they were all over the news uh, saying how, you know, I'm blah, blah, blah from the Astros and, you know, nobody knows my name anymore. But I just wanted to say for the record, I don't I don't think we should have trans people in the bathroom. And then like a week later. Oh, sorry, we retracted that. Well, you know why? 
basically there were a whole lot of people. This goes back to my earlier thing. There was a, McNair, who was the owner, had donated a bunch of money to what I consider oh, the wrong right, side. Right, right, right. And, and it was all good. But then suddenly there were a lot of people who said, I want a refund on my season yeah. tickets. Yep. <laughs> a lot. Mm-hmm. Guess where that hurt? Money. Right. Mm-hmm. Once it hit the money, suddenly he said, oh, I want my oh, money back kidding. that I donated. And, and so uh, just to kind of drive By the, the point way, home that... Oh, go ahead. Let me, let me finish. Because see, when I say we haven't done the lawsuits, I don't believe we have. But no. something we have done, and it was terribly successful, was that we took the approach, and we being Equality Texas mainly, and that's cool because they do a slightly different thing than we do, approach mm-hmm. to it. Equality Texas took the approach of saying, we're going to attack the bathroom bills and all the anti-GOBT bills with economics. They got lots of businesses to say, right. you know, we're going to lose yes. too much business if you pass this law. We know yes. that. We've seen it everywhere. Yes. Well, all of a sudden, some of these Republicans, because they get big donations from these businesses, <laughs> said, okay, you know, we aren't quite as conservative as maybe hmm. the uh, <laughs> lieutenant governor. Maybe we want to back away from this. I right. don't care why they do. It's back to the money end of it. But to, to really kind of, I guess this really supports your point about how preeminently important the money angle is even whenever it comes down to sexual assault that the people pushing the scare tactics about trans bathrooms trans people in the bathrooms for instance the good reverend kendall baker who was the anti-hero spokesperson, had a radio spot. No men in women's bathrooms, no boys and girls showers or locker rooms. I'm Reverend Kendall Baker. I was born and raised in Houston. My father has been an ordained minister for over 60 years and taught me the difference between right and wrong, like a man going into the women's bathroom. Now that's just wrong. It offends me that the homosexuals compare their cause to that of black Americans. Homosexuality is a choice. They talked about how, you know, transgender predators are coming to your bathrooms and they're going to be after the women folk. They're going to be after your little girls. Well, while that was happening, at the same time he was doing this, he was fired from the city of Houston. For Let, let me read this to you. We've got this. We've got the city of Houston paperwork. We've actually got the inter-office memo uh, we, we do have connections. <laughs> Just saying, so, you never know. It says, uh, let's see. Uh, the OIG investigation revealed evidence to support the allegation that Mr. Baker had made lewd comments and sexual advances towards subordinate female employees. Specifically, Mr. Baker solicited sexual acts and made crude comments about female anatomy and engaged in inappropriate physical contact. Yeah, I think that would be called sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Now, so he's but, but, doing but no, no, this. But, but no, he's the moral guidance the people are seeking. Yes, he, he's, he's doing this while on television talking about those transgender well, predators. There's a word for that. I think it starts with an H called hypocrisy. Hip- hypocrite. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, and kind of around this time, was it... Kim Davis that was trying to hold back the uh, marriage certificates at that point. No, I think that was after Hero, but I get yeah. Because I thought she was basically selling the point as to why we needed Hero. You know, mm. I mean, I think there was some colliding well, and, there because... And, and you have to remember here, it was we had a humorous version. We had Stan Stannard, who is our mm-hmm. uh, county oh. 
Yes. County clerk. I may have well, that Kim right. Davis is pretty clerk. hilarious. Like she's got clerk. the higher the hair, the closer and, to God. And, yes, and and he basically was in no way interested. And then mm-hmm. the county attorney Vince Ryan sent him a letter and essentially said, "You know, you're on your own on this. The county will not support you." And <laughs> that, in fact, he's really interested. <laughs> and, and and in fact, the county is going to sue you, so you should probably get a lawyer. He read that while he was standing there in his television interview because it was handed. It was to live. Him. Yeah. And. All of a sudden, after he reads it, he sort of does a couple things. He folds it up. Well, of course we're going to issue him. I just have to get the paperwork ready. It'll probably take about an hour. Again, that was affecting his personal pocketbook. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Now, on this thing, it comes out that this guy is a sexual predator, a for real sexual predator, warning against those trans people in the bathroom, and no one fucking cares. No one cared. Like, seriously, it got no airplay. No, nope, wasn't whatsoever. wasn't on the now, news. But but the other side of it was that if you look at it, the people who are doing this warning, to a pretty great extent, have had subsequent revelations about them being sexual predators and doing the stuff they're blaming other people for. Uh, you're talking about Wilfield and uh, I'm, uh, you know. Statistically, if you take a group, if you have like a hundred people and then fifty of them suddenly start to show up as as being various views, that's like out of the norm. And once right. you get out of the norm, you're like, hang on, maybe this is an indicator. Well, so uh, you know, the people behind the other people, you know, you so you had Kendall Baker and David Welch on one side, and on the other side you had Jared Woodfill and, uh, let's see, the, the First Baptist Church, uh, you know, those people were really supportive of the uh, anti-hero right, movement. Then, yep. Well, uh, so they were just named in a uh, lawsuit uh, because Jared Woodfield's uh, law partner was apparently sexually abusing kids for many, many years and allegedly... These people were covering it up. Right. And I think that's illegal, especially for a lawyer. Well, in fact, I know it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, th- this is where I look at it and I'm sort of like, okay, the, the people who were being abused should go after billions of dollars. Right. Will you get billions? No, they don't have it. But the idea is to say, this is just big. Jerry, right. Give us everything you think you can right. give us. And, and David Welch uh, went to bat for uh, Pastor Baker to talk about how he should get his job back and he's not such a bad guy. Mm. Basically, you've got everyone behind. Well, and we have other, quote, pastors who have been anti-GOBT yeah. who, when they came out and said they had raped underage females, <laughs> their congregation stood up and applauded. Yeah, well, like that recently. was... Yeah, recently we had a segment on that. Uh, so uh, I think his name is Pastor Anderson... Um, it, he he came out and said uh, talked about how he coerced a, a young girl to sexually service him here in the Houston area, and uh, he got a standing ovation. And recently, the 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 mega church that he works for came out and said, you know, people like us sitting here talking about him, we need to shut the fuck up because you know, they're the godly ones. They're they're all about forgiveness and moving on, and and 
and to help his healing process, we need to just stop talking about it. And I mean, I actually think they need to stop talking about it too, because I think it should be in court and he should be looking at how much TMC <laughs> time he gets. That's just my view. But, well, well, that you should stop talking about it is followed by we should pray about it, and then that goes back to like you should be in the closet and pray the gay away. So uh, thinking like I've seen these yeah, patterns we can't talk, before. We can't talk about the pain of right. the victim. Right. We can't talk about any of this stuff, and and all and, of and this the victim stuff is never mentioned when they're talking right. about the problem. I perceive all of this as acting out, like yeah. acting out behavior. People who have personal issues projecting those issues upon a specific community and acting out. Exactly. And, and meanwhile, like the majority of people really don't know this full story. They really don't have the time to keep up with the rhetoric and all the crap that goes on. They don't have the time. They just, they may have heard about Hero. They may have voted or not voted. All they but hear is bathroom bill. Yeah. No men and you women's know, bathroom. All they That's see it. is like the, ba- the bad press of bathroom and, bill and stuff. You know, but they it, can't really connect any dots. If I look at it, the commercials that they ran that mm-hmm. depicted, quote, some of the bathroom things. We haven't sued them. No, we haven't. We haven't found lawyers and said, you know, that depiction is false. You did false news. You cannot prove that that ever happened, which mm-hmm. it didn't. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, basically, you've affected our ability to earn livelihood as a community. Go and to the bathroom safely, get medical care without and, having and to do worry. And a lot of other things, all yeah. of which cost us money, and we want you to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And we want you to pay for enough airtime to reverse that image. And by the way, it takes a lot more to reverse it than it does to set it to begin with. So oh, are yeah. you saying that you want young, hungry lawyers who want to make a name for themselves to contact us and have a sit down and talk about how this might happen? I think, you know, that there very well needs to be something that's done and, and we mm-hmm. haven't been doing it. And, you know, this I've literally thought about this for a very long time and I'm like, why are we getting no traction? Well, we aren't making it hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that you're absolutely right. I mean... Not even pedophilia will stick to these people. I know. I mean, there doesn't seem to be any Sexual limit. assault of women. Going out in public and saying, oh, we, we, I, I am protecting women when you're a fucking sexual assaulter doesn't get any traction. Just yeah. gets covered up by the same people who put the all the other rhetoric there. Oh, absolutely. And, and I... And, I do believe the laws are in place. I do believe that the courts work. Mm-hmm. I mean, are there some judges who say, well, I just do what God tells me? Yes, well, there are. Well, obviously that there is. There well, was one like in you the said, news people, recently. People yeah. aren't even taking these people to court, though. Yeah, you know? but but I also believe that in general the courts work. And, and I, I, you know, I, I, if they don't work, then we might as well just give everything up and... Basically, this goes back to gun control because at that time it'll just be armed resistance. So you know, <laughs> well, uh, which, but is going back, why, which is probably why going you, back to uh, our last podcast. As you said, judges are politicians. Judges run for their office. Judges are elected, and so when you're voting, you may very well be voting for a judge that may hear. You know, one of these cases that's going to make or break the political destiny of your 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 community. 
And and when we're screening, like if we're doing things for the caucus or some of the other groups that are screening, we have to be really careful what we ask the judges because we don't want them to have to recuse themselves from the kind of things we want them to hear. And so, you know, you, you have to really, you know, be careful around the edges. Okay, so the answer to kind of wrap things up, uh, you know, we talked about hate crimes. We've talked about the 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 disgusting sexual proclivities of the people who are targeting uh, us ironically as the 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 perverts who are going after children when that's them they're the ones that are doing that you know i mean so and and you're saying that we need to go after their money and i absolutely agree the question is how how do we do that? Well, we have to find some lawyers that are actually good lawyers. And we have to also understand we're going to lose for a while, and then pretty soon we'll win one. Hmm. And after you win one, then it starts to roll the other way. <laughs> the other side of it is you never know what a jury is going to do. Right. And, and you they're, know, they're, and I wouldn't have, you know, and even in Texas, I don't think that if you got a jury together, and set all the facts that we've talked about in this podcast from their hypocrisy to, uh, you know, the, the, the dirty tools that they're using. They're definitely linked to the past racism. And, but specifically that they are lying about a class of people in order to uh, gin up hate and make life harder for them. Well, but yeah, and there's another little step. Why would they do that? Because it lets them raise money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that in order, in instead of in in our American culture, saying, "Look, you know, we're liberals, we're we're progressive people, and we care about these squishy things called rights and and our feels and everything," we need to go at this and say, "Look." The reality is these groups do this because it makes them money. Well, let me ask you a question. Let's say you were getting a million dollars a year. Huh? Salary. Mm -hmm. And you know that if you actually solve a problem, uh -huh. you stop getting your million dollars a year. Uh-huh. Well, I'm sure that I would come up with a different problem that I needed to solve. No, 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 no. This is your only problem. You don't hmm. get a million... So how oh, well are you oh, going to work right, on So you're saying it? like um, that organization uh, uh, about marriage, the, the uh, uh, I can't remember the name Whatever. of it, but there yeah, was there's a national them, marriage. Several, there are several organizations that do that. Yeah, so I mean, they, they recently put together a bus, a bus tour to go around in America and in South America to, that was just covered with anti-trans nonsense. Yes. And and that was what they were doing. Uh, National Organization of Marriage. I think that's what it was. I believe it is. And so, or it could be for so, families or other things. They so they the went words. from that to pivoting towards focusing on the 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 scourge of trans people right. in now, your community. Now, what they're doing actually with marriage is they shifted two ways. They went to trans, but they also went to 
the benefits of marriage that they're like, well, it says you can be married, but you don't get any of the benefits. Oh, right, right, right. And, and, and you know, I don't think that'll fly for very long. But let's look at the other side. Let's look at the people who are going in to defend them. Let, let's say that I had the nuclear missile for solving this. You know, it's like I can absolutely solve it. I can wipe the problem out, but then I lose a million bucks a year. Right. I'm maybe hesitant to push the button. I don't know. <laughs> and it always worries me when someone has to give up a very comfy position or that. You know, you look at the March of Dimes, and, and most people may not be old enough to, un- to remember before we had polio vaccine. Mm. I mean, March of Dimes was one of the most effective organizations in the country as far as fundraising and doing research. And then their research worked. <laughs> their, their one target, which was polio, mm-hmm. um, we got a vaccine. It essentially became a non-issue. Yes, people still get polio. We also have better treatments, et cetera. Now, that was all for March of Dimes. Suddenly, they have nothing to do. <laughs> and they sort of changed it to Mother's March. But the person who had been running it and the board that had been running it, who were making a lot of money for that time, it wasn't in the millions, but for that time frame, it was a lot of money. Suddenly, we're out of work. You know, I, that reminds me, in one of our organi- our, our, our early meetings for Transgender Foundation of America uh, back in the 90s, we had this board member named BK, and uh, BK, uh, you know, she said, and, you know, the thing that we're doing here, I, I want us to be really clear that we're working every day for our obsolescence. We want to ensure that we are not around in 50 years. And when she said that, I was like, you're right. Exactly. Now... The problem with organizations that pay their upper staff a lot of money is you just wonder how invested people are in (laughs) destroying their own income. There are people who will. I mean, as a consultant, I've frequently told people, okay, my job is to make sure you don't need me anymore at a certain (laughs) point. And I have done that regularly and said, I'm done. You guys don't need me. And they're like, oh, but we want you to. I'm like, no, there's nothing for me to do. I am leaving. And. But that's really hard to do the first few times you do it because you're making really good money. And then it's like, I'm going to basically be making no money tomorrow. <laughs> but if it's the right thing, you have to go do it. Now, I there's some of the organizations when you start to see the super high salaries that you just wonder if people could ever earn anyplace else. I It just worries me. Well, so- and then, then I see us not going after the money that is killing us so to speak so let me let me just ask you something so what would happen if so say we can't get any lawyers together to do this let's let's say say no lawyers are willing to do this quite possible what would happen if uh several poor people who legitimate not not a bullshit case but legitimately can compare like look when these ads started running you know these things happened on my job and then i was fired and then these things happened and then uh you know basically just filing suits well i mean that that is one thing you can do but i i think you also want to say that this is something that has a broader scope. It doesn't just affect one person because of the heavy level of publicity that oh, people right, put on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to go after significant amounts of 
money and assets that are being used. Right, because a lot of times whenever one person goes after it, what will happen well, is they'll sell. They'll be bullied. Well, and, you know, I yeah. mean, there, there's this whole thing we're talking about now with Trump that, you know, they did a payment of a hundred and something million, hundred something thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. They did it through a separate LLC. They did all sorts of stuff to hide it. Mm -hmm. It didn't hide well. Well, and you have to do things that have legs. I mean, one of the questions that we posed here was why weren't people on TV against some of the people that were, when they were coming out with the Astro players and whatnot, Mm -hmm. uh, why weren't we speaking for trans issues? Well, we didn't have rights. You know, Mm -hmm. like we were Mm -hmm. facing the same things that Hero would have covered for us. We were facing right. possible job loss. We were facing possible discrimination more. You know, you have to be able to and that, put but that's that a, at risk. such a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It's in order to... It's, it, but again, it goes back to that DACA stuff. It's like in order to, to access your rights, mm-hmm. you have to put yourself out there and possibly find yourself in a really fucked mm-hmm. up and, situation. And, and, yeah. and, and, you know, I mean, we... I know for a fact, every time someone was starting to do stuff, at least I would, I would sit down and explain this to them. Oh, I remember specifically one person in particular that you were talking to me about. You know, you can do this if you want, but make sure you've thought about what it might mean. Right. I mean, even I spoke in front of um, city council uh, for Hero, hoping that it would make a difference to actually talk to our council members. And that is one of the uh, first things that comes up now when you search my name. So every time I go in to be searched for employment, that's what pops up Ah. as a YouTube video, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because they were making all the testimonies that were done on a Tuesday afternoon. They were making them shareable videos so people could see what was actually happening downtown. And by the way, that's freedom of speech, whether you Mm -hmm. like it or not. Sometimes freedom of speech isn't good, but it's also not put in appropriate context sometimes. Right. And it's searchable later. And, and, you know, that's one of the things about, you know, these days there's absolutely nothing you can do public that isn't going to be live streamed and probably edited. Right. That's true. So, that's true. yeah, yeah, no kidding. So on that note, I, you know, I so what I hear you saying is that maybe TFA, we need to sit down and have a meeting and talk about what this might look like. Sure. Maybe maybe after all of the uh interviewing politicians for runoffs and all of that kind of stuff by, happen. By, by but, the way, a lot of politicians are lawyers. Just saying. Right. And, and and all but one of them in each race is going to have not much to do. Right. <laughs> Come on, friends. And and have raised some money that they need to donate towards a Most of them worthy... Uh-huh. Oh, well, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> a few of them? Well, not really. Uh-huh. Um, so... You know, a few of them, it's sort of like we felt like we had to buy them coffee. But, you know... <laughs> But you know, I think that uh, I think that you're that what you're. I think what you've said is exactly right. I think that the reason why these big groups, Alliance Defending Freedom, the Family Coalition of Family, blah blah blahs, the reason why they're still around is because they were looking for some something or another to raise moral panic over. And after marriage, they found us. To raise money. Yep. And that's it. And the reason why they're continuing to fight is because that's their job. It's their livelihood. If they stop fighting, they have no more job. That's in a lot of cases what I see. And so the key is, our job is to kill off their job. Yep. I think that that's a great Great and, investment of time and energy. And I think it so might contact be, uh, the trans now, advocate if you want to support. There is, a, there, is a, there is a group that does this really well. Who? 
Anti-Defamation League. You are absolutely right. I've talked to several of them. They're willing to help. Really? Yes. Mm. And, and you know, and, and their whole thing is, you attack them, it'll hurt. I mean, that's really what happened. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody knows that. Huh. And by the way, it is the Anti-Defamation League. It's not anything added to the front of it. Well, I think this is a very interesting and tantalizing discussion that uh, we board members of TFA, who are also podcasters, should be talking about. We've said that with many hats. That we should be talking about um, in the coming weeks. And I think that uh, this idea that you've had, this insight, man, if you're listening to this, Share that insight with your groups, because I think that it's absolutely on the nail. I mean, it, it's, it's absolutely right. So thank you. I will see you. We will see you again next week. I hope everyone has a good week, and we'll talk to you then. Oh, it's going to be a great week. I'm over the flu. Yes. yes. And me too. Yes. All right. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Trans Advocate Podcast was produced by Kristen Williams. All rights reserved. This episode featured music by Topher Moore and Alex Lane. Archival material was provided by Fox 26 Houston and the Campaign for Houston PAC, an organization that seems to be a dark money cesspool of lying, hypocritical, sexual predators. The Trans Advocate is a project of the Transgender Foundation of America a 501c3 nonprofit organization. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Trans Advocate or the Transgender Foundation of America. Visit the Trans Advocate to register to vote, learn more about us, or learn more about our trans scholarship or disaster recovery fund.